our scripture reading this morning, we'll re read the words, the words of Jesus found in John chapter 12, verses 47 through 50. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Please be seated. As we continue in our series called Being the Body, I'm happy to tell you that we have our bookmarks ready for you, and so those are hot off the press. They're in the lobby, so today, before you leave, you might want to pick one of those up, and let me just remind you that when we do a Sunday morning sermon series, we make a bookmark out of it, and the idea is to use these for discovery Bible study, just a tool to get you and others in the Word together so that we can be and make disciples. We can't just be disciples, and we certainly can't make disciples if our idea of discipleship is limited to what happens in this room on Sunday mornings. Discipleship is a way of life. It impacts the decisions we make every day. It's how we interact with other people. It's drawing people to Jesus by letting them see Jesus in us, by letting them and us join together in the reading and reflection and study of God's Word. And so on one side is the biblical text to use in the Bible study. On the other side, some very simple questions. And I hope that you are involved in a discovery Bible study or some type of Bible study with other people. And if you're not, I hope that you are actively making plans to do that. I got to tell you, it is quite a blessing. I have the opportunity to, uh, to do this with two young men. Each week we get together, and it has been such a blessing for me. I hope it has been for them, but we share our lives together. We pray for each other. We encourage each other, and we spend time in God's Word together. And so I hope and I pray that you will seriously consider doing this. If you're not, you can do this. We can all do this. And so I, I think it's quite an encouragement for us to be disciples and to make disciples and to incorporate that mission into our lives. Hey, if you have a Bible, look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12, we're going to spend some time there and then we're going to, going to transition to Mark chapter 5, but John chapter 12 will be our, our first text to look at. I got to tell you, as I get older, I am discovering that some things that at one time weren't an issue are now becoming somewhat of an issue and one of those is hearing I really sometimes struggle to hear people especially if there is background noise if there are people talking in the background or if the TV's on or if there's just some noise I really am starting to struggle to hear people it's amazing I don't know and so I'm a little worried but not long ago, I stumbled across an online hearing test, and I thought, hey, let's just get to the bottom of this. And so I, um, I entered some information, just pretty simple thing, entered some information about myself, and then the test is pretty brief, pretty easy. 
the computer tells you two or three words and you're supposed to simply click on an image that represents the word being said. That's simple enough. However, there is background noise and each round of the test, the background noise increases. And so by the final round when the computer was saying the two or three words and I was trying to pick out the pictures that matched those words, I couldn't, I could barely even distinguish the words. I, I couldn't really discern the words. And so I, I don't know if this is cheating or not, but I replayed it and tried it again and replayed it and tried it again. And I kept kind of replaying it and it was still very difficult to hear. But don't worry because at the end of the test, on the computer screen it says, you do not seem to have a hearing problem. There you go. So now I can tell my wife that, right? I can hear perfectly fine. Actually, I think the, the words on the computer screen were, we have your email now, we'll be sending you spam. And if you think you can't hear, go see a doctor. I think that was pretty much the message from the test. But maybe you know what that's like. Maybe you know what it's like not to be able to hear very well. To, to want to hear what someone is saying to you, but to have that person's words sort of washed over in background noise. I think it happens. I think it happens to us also when we're trying to listen to the voice of God. There are so many voices. There are so many voices competing for our attention. There's so much noise out there in the world. Sometimes it's very difficult just to focus on and discern the voice of God. What is God saying to me? What is God's word for me? I have this decision to make. I'm trying to live to honor him. I'm trying to do the right things. What, what is God saying? Especially in this moment, in this situation. And it can be so difficult to hear God, to discern his word for you. And so as we continue in this series, being the body, what it means to actually be the body of Christ in our world, so that the world gets to see who Jesus is through us and in us. We want to consider the ears of Christ. You say, that sounds very odd. And it does, doesn't it? I mean, okay, we can talk about the eyes of Christ, maybe the hands of Christ, the heart of Christ. But I don't think I've ever talked about the ears of Christ. That seems very strange. But I think it's important. And the question is, is if I had the ears of Christ what would I hear? To whom would I listen? Where would my attention be? If I had the ears of Christ, where would I focus? What would I listen to? Who and what would I hear? Now, when you think about Jesus, think about the many voices that he often heard. Think about the background noise, if you will. He had so many voices competing for his attention. Day after day, he had the voices of desperation, those people in need, especially those who knew Jesus might be able to do something about their situation. And so they would cry out to him, bless me, have mercy on me, heal me. So he had the voice of desperation. He also had voices of expectation. If he's the Messiah, this is what he should look like. This is what he should do. This is where he should be taking us. He had the voice of his disciples, 
his closest friends and followers, and, and let's just be honest, they weren't always on board. They didn't always understand this new world that Jesus was revealing, this, this kingdom being revealed in him and through him. And so sometimes they said things that weren't exactly in line with what Jesus was doing. Jesus had the voice of his family, his mother, his siblings. And he also had the voice of the evil one trying to drag him away from the center of God's will, throwing temptation after temptation at Jesus. He had the voice of the evil one. And through all that noise, if you will, all those voices, Jesus seemed to be focused on one primary voice. In John chapter 12, Jesus has done all these miracles. And now he's entering into Jerusalem, where he knows he will go to the cross. He has a destiny at Calvary, and he knows that, but the crowd doesn't know that. All the crowd knows is that this guy is amazing. He does miracles. He's teaching with authority, and so the crowds begin to gather, and Jesus becomes more and more popular. And that's the very thing that actually ends up getting him killed because the other religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they are threatened by Jesus. And now that he has these crowds gathering, this popularity, they don't like that. But some of the leaders see something different in Jesus. Their first instinct isn't to be threatened. It's possibly even to believe Jesus. Look at our text, John chapter 12, verse 42. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him but because of the Pharisees they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue listen to this for they loved human praise more than praise from God so some of the people some of the leaders actually believed Jesus they thought you know maybe maybe this guy's for real yeah, we know his message isn't what we expected. Yeah, we know he's sort of challenging us even, but maybe he's the real deal. But they couldn't let themselves hear that. They couldn't let themselves go there. Why? Because they loved to hear certain voices. I would say probably they loved to hear primarily their own voice. Do you know some people like that? They just like to hear their voice. They like to talk. And usually they're talking about themselves. But what does the text say? When they aren't listening to themselves, they want to hear who? They want to hear other people talk about them. They love the praise of man more than the praise of God. Who were they listening to? They were listening to anyone who would tell them what they wanted to hear specifically about them. Now contrast that with Jesus. Keep reading verse 44. Then Jesus cried out, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. 
The very words I have spoken will condemn them, condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own. Listen to this. I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. You see, so often when Jesus spoke, he wasn't just making small talk. So often when Jesus spoke, he wasn't just giving his opinion as a Galilean tradesman. So often when Jesus spoke, I would guess that every time Jesus spoke, he wasn't telling people necessarily what they wanted to hear. When Jesus spoke, he was speaking the words of his Father, Heavenly Father. It's interesting that throughout John's gospel, Jesus is presented as God's spokesperson, even more so than in the other gospels. And even when his words, speaking on behalf of his Father, are met with resistance, Jesus continued to speak the words of God. And so who was Jesus listening to? He was listening to his heavenly Father. It was God who was informing the thoughts and the words and the actions of Jesus. Because Jesus was listening to him first and foremost. God was the primary voice speaking into the life of his son, Jesus. And so for us to have the ears of Christ, it means that we are finely tuned to the voice of God. To have the ears of Christ in our world today means we first and foremost listen to God. And thankfully, we have the word of God, the Bible. And so we can hear God and we have the spirit of God who works in us to guide us into truth, speaking what he hears from God, John 16, verse 13. But know this, If you think God has spoken to you, if you think God has put something on your heart, know this, God will not tell you anything that contradicts what he has already said in his word. And so maybe what you think is the voice of God telling you what you want to hear and it contradicts what he has already said in his word, maybe that's not the voice of God. You see, when we have the ears of Christ, the primary influence that is is allowed into our lives, the, the primary voice that speaks into our lives is the voice of God. And sometimes we struggle. We struggle to hear God. Maybe maybe we just don't know what to listen for. Or maybe we don't like what the voice of God is saying to us. Or maybe our circumstances, our our lives, our difficulties have really just muted the voice of God. There are so many things, there is so much noise that sometimes keeps us from discerning the voice of God. And I wonder, I wonder, the more we ignore, the more we dismiss the voice of God, maybe the greater our deafness to God becomes. Oh, I've heard that before. I've heard that a thousand times. Or I don't agree with what I'm hearing from God. 
or it doesn't fit into my lifestyle or, you know, that was fine when I wasn't really enlightened, when I wasn't really smart enough to sort of figure things out by myself, but now I'm, I'm enlightened. Or maybe there's just so many other voices and we can't really discern the voice of God. Or maybe we just choose not to. We have a word for that, don't we? We call it selective hearing. Some of you know about selective hearing, right? For some reason, men are often accused of having selective hearing. I saw this video, it was a great video, of this kid sitting on the sofa. He had an iPad in his lap, but he was locked into this iPad. I think he was playing a video game, probably. And man, he was just laser-focused on this iPad. And his dad grabs a video camera and starts videoing or his phone and he starts videoing and and he says while the kid's playing on this iPad he says hey the house is on fire the kid doesn't look up kid doesn't flinch he's just locked in the iPad so his dad says hey there's a tornado nothing kid doesn't budge finally dad says hey who wants to go get ice cream the kid stops looks up smiles and says I do that's selective hearing. And I think sometimes we do that with God. God is saying something to us. God is speaking truth into our lives, and we choose not to hear it. We choose to hear, God forgives me. God loves me. God has a plan for my life. Oh, amen, amen, let's go. And then God says something that's more difficult to hear. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't want to hear that. You see, our ears do the hearing, but it's our hearts and our minds that do the listening. How many times have you read a scripture and done nothing with it? How many times have you heard a sermon or a Bible class or a a lecture and you thought, man, that, that was really insightful, that was good, but you just left it there? How many times has God revealed a profound spiritual truth to you and you basically dismissed it? Oh, maybe in the moment you said, that's right, amen, but it made little or no impact in your life. You see, we hear with our ears, but it's our hearts and our minds. That's where we really listen. And if you and I have the ears of Christ, We would constantly hear and listen to the voice of God. Jesus referred to himself as the good shepherd. And he referred to us as sheep. And you might remember what he said in John chapter 10. He wrote these words or he said these words. When he has brought out his own, the good shepherd, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? Because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. When we have the ears of Christ, we hear like Jesus heard. And the primary voice that spoke into the life and ministry of Jesus was his heavenly father. He recognized his voice. But to believe that Jesus only heard 
the voice of his heavenly father is to assume that he somehow segregated himself from society like a, like a monk in a monastery. And that's just not the case. Jesus walked among humanity. He rubbed shoulders with real people. So surely there were other voices Jesus heard. So who did Jesus hear? Who did he listen to? Mark chapter 5, we have this great story of Jesus. Interesting story that has a twist and a turn. But Jesus has crossed over this lake, and he's not even away from the water's edge, and the crowd just gathers around him. And all of a sudden, this man, he's a synagogue leader. His name is Jairus, and he runs up to Jesus. And the text says he falls at Jesus' feet, a sign of submission, a sign of desperation. And he cries out to Jesus. He begs Jesus, my little girl is dying. Please come and do something. Just, just touch her and she will live. And Jesus hears this man's voice. He says, let's go. Show me the way. It's a voice of desperation. But it's also a prominent voice. As a synagogue leader, he has some level of prominence in his community. But his daughter is dying. And when your kid is dying, reputation and respectability, those mean nothing. You will trade anything and everything for your child's life. And so he cries out in desperation. What does Jesus do? Uh, sorry, I, I don't have time for you right now. Can't you see there's lots of people, busy schedule, have things to do. Did Jesus dismiss him? Did he ignore him? Did he just pat him on the head and send him on his way? No. He listened and responded to him. But something happens on his way to help this little girl. Mark 5, verse 24, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. What an amazing story. Just by touching the edge of Jesus' clothing, that was enough to heal this woman. What power and what faith by the woman, right? Well, Jesus realizes that, that something has happened, that somehow this, this power has left him, and he stops and he turns around and he says, somebody touched me, who touched me? His disciples say, Jesus, look around. I mean, there's people everywhere. Someone bumped into you, big deal, let's go on. He says, no, someone touched me. Back in the text, verse 32, Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Can you imagine the woman at this point when Jesus is looking around saying, who touched me? She's just probably kind of shrinking down or trying to hide behind someone. But finally, the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. 
What an incredible story of grace and mercy and affirmation. This woman who was unclean spiritually and socially, who really wasn't supposed to have contact with anyone, touches Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Recognizing that something has happened, he doesn't just keep going on his way. After all, he's doing something important, right? It would be justifiable. Jesus, just keep going. Don't worry about it. She got what she wanted anyway. Leave her alone. But Jesus stops. He stops everything. And he wants to meet her. He wants to talk to her. I think he wants to listen to her. Why does he do it? Why did Jesus stop and listen to this woman? I think it's because her story mattered. She mattered. Jesus wanted to affirm her and affirm her faith. And Jesus wanted others to see her faith, including us. He wanted us to hear her story. And we know that Jesus heard her story because we now get to hear her story. You see, Jesus wanted to do more than just heal her. He wanted to hear her. Well, in the meantime, Jairus' daughter dies. It's too late, everyone begins to tell the synagogue ruler. It's too late. You can't do anything now. And the text says that Jesus overhears them. Jesus is always listening. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Back in Mark chapter 5, verse 37. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. That's the response Jesus got. They laughed at him. Jesus always seemed to listen to people, to hear their stories, because their stories mattered. Think about this for a moment. Jesus is speaking the very words of God. We just said that a few moments ago. Jesus is listening to his heavenly Father. He is conveying those words, these profound words of spiritual insight and truth. And yet Jesus chooses to listen to others. I don't know about you, but I probably would have been tempted. Tempted to say something like, hey, I know you got a good story. I'd love to hear it, but listen, the words I'm telling you, the stories I'm telling you, they are much, much more important than your story. This is God's story. So why don't you just kind of, and I'll do the talking, right? But Jesus, he listened to people. People who no one else would listen to. Jesus listened to them, heard their stories. He heard them because he cared for them. What a great example for us. I mean, think about it. What were the voices around him saying? The voices around him were saying, it's too late. We can't do anything. She's gone. The voices around him were saying, Jesus, why are you making a big deal about who touched your clothing? Come on. The voices around him were laughing at him when he said she's only asleep. 
What if Jesus had listened to those voices? Things would have been much different, certainly for the woman and certainly for the little girl. What if Jesus would have listened to the laughter? What if he would have given in to the doubt? Things would have been a lot different. When Jesus listens to the wrong people, things don't happen the way he intended for them to happen. When he listens to the doubters, when he listens to those who mock him, when he listens to the skeptics, things don't, don't go according to plan. And Jesus could have given in to those voices. He could have given in to the voices of doubt and skepticism and mockery. But he didn't. So often we may do the same thing. We may give in to the noise, the background noise, the voices around us. What do we do when that voice inside of us says, go ahead, go ahead and do it. No one's going to know. It's not that big a deal. Just go ahead. What do we do when the voices in the crowd are laughing at us because we are trying to be a person of of faith and character and conviction? What about when that voice of doubt nags you until you finally let go of something you know to be true or the voice of fear keeps you from doing the right thing? What about when the voice of someone in need around you is muted by your own pride or self-centeredness? When the voices of comfort and convenience or pleasure and pride tell us not to get involved, not to invest our time or money, not to stop and listen to other people's stories? What about when the voice of the evil one is quick to help us rationalize and justify doing whatever we want to do? What about when those voices are telling us exactly what we want to hear? Even when what we want to hear, we know is not the will of God. Amid the noise, all the voices, who will you listen to? Where will your focus be? To whom will you give your undivided attention? Maybe you have uh, seen the stories, especially I think recently, that have come out about cochlear implants. It's amazing. People who have been deaf their whole lives are now able to hear miraculously. They're able to do a surgery, and they implant uh, this small device near the brain, bypassing the traditional hearing process, the canal in the ear and all of that, and they, they implant a little device near the brain. And on the outside, they put a transmitter. You've probably seen it. Right on the head, right behind the ear. And that transmitter then communicates with the implant near the brain and that enables people who haven't been able to hear to hear and so when the person has the surgery and then later they come in the office to to activate the transmitter it's just amazing to watch and a lot of people family members have have videoed um, these uh, these occasions as you can imagine 
someone being able to hear for the very first time, it gets quite emotional. And it's such a, an inspiring thing to watch. And they usually start by, uh, you know, playing a few little beeps or sounds on the computer, and they're trying to regulate the sound and the volume. And at first, for many of the people, it's so loud because they're just not used to it. And so they're sort of getting through that process. They get that finely tuned as much as possible. And then one of the family members begins to speak. And that's when the tears start to flow. Because for the very first time, this person hears someone they love. They get to hear their voice. And so the wife hears her husband say, I love you for the very first time. Or the child gets to hear his or her mom speak to them for the very first time. They get to hear their own voice for the very first time. It's quite emotional. I wonder, I wonder if today God is not wanting to do something like that for you. Maybe all of your life you haven't really been able to hear. Sure, you can physically hear, possibly, but you have not been hearing the voice of God or you have not been hearing the voices of people around you who God has put in your life People you need to hear, and you haven't been hearing them. Call it selective hearing. Call it being too busy. Call it being focused on yourself. I don't know. But for whatever reason, you haven't been listening. And God wants to do something today, not in your ear as much as in your heart and your mind, so that you can hear what he wants you and needs you to hear. His voice, the voice of those around you who he has put in your life that you can serve, that you can help. If there is some way we can help in that, please let us. Let us pray for you. Let us encourage you. Let us support you. If you need to confess that you have not been listening to God, then we will support you in that and we'll pray for you. If we can do that today, or if you want to make that decision to put your life in the hands of Christ, to be clothed with Christ, to give your life to him in faith, in baptism, we would love to celebrate that decision with you today. If there's something we can do, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.